0: Hey, welcome, welcome, everyone. You are listening to Energy Matters, and I am your host, Caroline Rutterman, and we have a great show for you today. We are here with Winifred Costello, who is the founder of the Awen Tree, um, the Tree in, uh, in East Hampton. So welcome, Winifred. Hi, Caroline, thank you for having me. Of course, I'm so glad that you're here. Um, I've been going to the um, Awen Tree and probably saying the name of the shop incorrectly. Can you correct me one more time about how to pronounce? Because it's spelled A-W-E-N, Tree. So can you give us the correct Sh- pronunciation? Yeah, sure thing,
1: so think of it as like Awen Tree.
0: Okay. Ah, Awen tree, A H. Think Mm -hmm. A H W E N. Ah, Awen tree. Ah, Awen tree. All right, Mm -hmm. that sounds so beautiful when you say it. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) What What is the ah, ah, Awen tree?
1: Uh, So ah, Awen is um, an old, supposedly, if I've got this right, an old Welsh word for spirit. And I usually explain it to folks like, think of the force in Star Wars, like how it's something that moves between all of us and flows in and out and exists within everything and all around us. So ah, Awen is the concept of spirit in that kind of idea. Mm. And so I stuck the word Awen and tree because I'm really into nature and outdoors and trees are one of my favorite things on the planet. So I put Awen tree and the word tree together to, for the name of the store.
0: I love that. I love that. So it's like the spirit tree. Yeah, totally. That, totally get it. That's beautiful. Yep. Thank you. So um, so tell us a little bit about um, about who you are and, and what you are doing over at the Awen tree. So I'm um, an intuitive healer. Uh, I'm also, like you, a Reiki master
1: teacher, I am a tarot reader, and I'm also um, like a magical practitioner. Um, some folks would use maybe the word traditional witch, um, eclectic witch, uh,
0: all the, like an earth witch. I love it. I love it. Um, Do you find that um, people have embraced the concept of um, an earth witch or even like the word witch? Do you feel like that um, people are embracing that, um, that like idea and that kind of practice
1: more now? Yeah, for sure. I definitely think that um, one of the benefits of the internet and social media has been that it's um, helped um, make those terms be more understood and help like normalize it. I don't know if it really is you could say it's normalized, but I think it's definitely helped people have a better understanding of what those words are really about and the energy that people are embracing when they align or identify with those words.
0: Yeah. Can you um, can you tell folks about how you identify what that means, like what um, uh, the practice of, of witch tradition is, is... Can you tell us a little bit more about how you um, practice that?
1: Yeah, I sure can. So for me, first and foremost, I always tell people that being a witch is um, mostly about being a healer um, and it's also about um, claiming your spiritual agency in the world. Um, it's about being present, showing up, and also being like a force for good. Like, it ha- it's about having a very strong connection to the earth and seeing myself as um, part of the greater ecosystem of that as opposed to separate. And um, listening to the tides of the earth, the tides of the moon, and, um, you know, just doing my best to be very present in my own life. And I always say to myself, like, how, how does this contribute? How can I be a force for good in whatever way that the moment or a situation might be? dictate
0: yeah and so how well today for example how how did you feel like you aligned with yourself and uh with it with the earth um, oh what a, what a great question yeah i love it um so uh this morning we went for a walk
1: um i frequently probably five or six days a week i um go on a three-mile walk with my with my family Beloved dog, mm. and uh, a big part of that. Um, often uh, my husband comes along, but I actually really like to go alone. Um, and I include uh, time down. I live near the Connecticut River, so on my walk, it's um, we spend a large section of the time in the woods. And it's really important for me to, you know, of course the dogs being a dog, and we're doing. Dog like fun things. But also, I really like to just listen and observe. And um, I think now it's uh, the the phrase forest bathing has become um, very known or popular, but I've been doing that stuff since I was a kid. It helps me ground and center. I listen um, and I listen with more than just my ears. Like, obviously, I'm listening to the birds and things like that, but I'm just really sinking in and dropping in and just connecting to the land and the water and the air and all my senses and everything around me and just. Breathing it in, really.
0: I love that. Yeah, so
1: that's how I, That's why today I started my day on my walk. Um, it's usually um, usually being outside is always a part of every day for me and that's how I recalibrate and connect to the earth and kind of set my intentions and then I also have like morning um, spiritual practice where I have like um, like shrines in my home and when I upon rising so before I even go on a walk um, the first thing I do is uh, offer fresh water to my ancestors and um, also fresh water to my shrines and discreet the day and have time for like sort of prayer and a brief meditation and just
0: connecting to my intentions Nice. Yeah. Can you, um, I know the shrines are very personal, um, excuse me, um, very personal settings. Can you um, describe what a shrine is? Yeah. For, like um, something for, uh, in the magical tradition? Sure,
1: yeah. So uh, I think of word people are more familiar with is probably an altar. Um, so altars and shrines are a little different. Like an altar could be... Could Created, you could create an altar for anything. So you could create an altar for meditation. You could, it doesn't necessarily have to be, have a spiritual focus. So you could create an altar for meditation. You could create an altar for a deity um, or a spirit guide or the elements. Um, It really is personal what your altar is. A shrine is a little different in that it's dedicated to um, a specific, um, either spiritual being or deity or to some certain. Um, like, it's dedicated. It, it could also be dedicated to, like, your ancestors. So, one could have an ancestor shrine, as much as you might call it an ancestor altar. So, one of the shrines I greet is an ancestor
0: um, shrine. Oh, that's cool. Did you, can I be nosy about this shrine, or is sure. that personal? No. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, is the ancestor one that you knew, or is it for all the ancestor, all the female ancestors, or how I love is it? I love yeah. your questions. These are great. So, um. I'm very nosy. Um,
1: this one, <laughs> so I have a, I have, so I I have more than... I I have several traditions I practice. Um, And so this one is... I would call it an Egun shrine. So this is like, which is in in the African diasporic um, phrase, um, or sorry, African diasporic traditions. um, The word Egun comes from, but it's ancestral or ancestor shrine. And this is an all purpose. Well, I would use the word all purpose. I think that's an easy way for people to understand it. So it could be any, um, we would use the word elevated. So when we're working with our ancestors, we want to make sure we're um, connecting to those that we would consider like um, elevated or in, or in a good disposition um, so these would this is like an like um a general like all known and unknown ancestors that come with blessings and goodness and are in an elevated position or come like like with their head on straight if that makes sense yeah um, I do have like um, on an ancestor shrine, that's more more in the witchcraft tradition. I have a cupboard, and in that I have like specific photos and pictures. This is this is um, generalized. So it has like, just a cup of cool water, it has a single candle, and it's a special space in my kitchen, like a little kitchen
0: corner. Oh man, my cats would jump all over anything that was, was open or available for them to knock around.
1: Yeah, you know, they beha- they honor it. Even my dogs, mm. my dog, <laughs> we have a, so the Eggoon Shrine gets special, it gets cool water every day, and, um, and usually a fresh black coffee. And then on special occasions, like when we have something going on, we add other um, offerings. Um, and my dog always goes and drinks the honey water, um, but she doesn't drink the coffee, which is really curious. But it's interesting to watch how much they do respect it because um, when I first started putting them down years ago, I think they were more, more inclined to bumping into them and getting kind of up to mischief. Yeah. But over time, I think they've sort of kind of learned to respect the space.
0: And how how does the the shrine? Um, how does the shrine assist in your day-to-day practices in um in your kind of like larger missions that you're that you're doing here with your healing work um what is how does that help um that's a great question too so um the my in
1: my understanding and my beliefs in the world, like none of us are here without our ancestors. So, we, you know, we, do we all have crazy wacky families? And there's always some ancestor lurking in the cupboard. That's yes. m- maybe not so awesome. Um, that's why we put that caveat. Like we're working with like ones that are in good disp- disposition, that come in with blessings, that are feeling elevated. Um, we don't want to tap into that creepy or unfortunate or unhappy or angry person. That we, we that's a whole different. Conversation, but um, so by none of us are here without our ancestors. We stand on the shoulders of our ancestors, and so asking for their blessings, and they are actually are working in our life, whether we are enga- actively understanding that or engaging that or not. They are actually working in our life. So if your life is going in a good way and, and things are kind of dis- easy and you're feeling kind of blessed and lucky. Oftentimes, your ancestors are helping kind of grease the way. And if things are feeling kind of tripped up, stuck, or repeatedly kind of going in a bad direction, a place to look would be, like, how is your relationship with your ancestors? So for me, like, um, I'm honoring them. I'm thanking them for all that they did and all the trials and tribulations and things. They're... You know, a good, well-intentioned... Think of someone who cares about you and loves you dearly. They want you to do better in life. Of course. And so, they're your best cheerleaders. Right. So, like, when I'm greeting my ancestors, I'm I'm thanking those those of them that are really wishing for me to, you know, go further than they went in their life. That's why they worked hard and and did all the things that they did so that I could have a better life. So, I feel like showing that gratitude and, and remembering that is, like, really important to start my day.
0: Hmm. That's really beautiful.
1: Yeah, thank you. I, I, I was taught it. I mean, I kind of had a mom that was very aware of my mom had a very strong ancestor practice, but she wouldn't have used that phrasing.
0: Um, So it was kind of, it was kind of organically already in me. And then I had some great elders teach me, take me further. How would your mom have described her practices that were similar, but maybe not named that?
1: Yeah, so that's a yeah, yeah that's a great question. She would never have used like I oh, yeah. she would. My mom, would, she's not here now anymore; she's passed on. But she would not say I had a, an ancestor practice. But she, my mom, had like was like what I would call like a lineage keeper. She remembered all the significant birth dates, um, all the. Uh, anniversaries, death dates, and um, she kept these beautiful cupboards, and she tended to them, and would tell stories. And um, every we cheers people on their birthdays, their death days, their wedding days, and Sweet. she had this mind like a vault, <laughs> like yeah. And but that became so it was like like it was every day that we might be not every, obviously it's not an anniversary on every day, but you know each frequent. month had days that we're remembering, and at holidays, things were taken out and talked about and cleansed and. Not cleanse in the sense of think of like witchcraft, but like cleanse, like just like lovingly cared for, dusted, yeah, and put on the table maybe, and like a story was always told. So I was just kind of imbued in my life to be aware of where it came from, and to even, you know, you know, they didn't. She didn't dwell on the bad parts. She would have talked about their strengths.
0: Yeah, I think that that's really nice. I feel like. I mean, I definitely think that my mom kind of plays that role a lot. Like, you know, all the important days are written down. And, um, yeah, I I, I do feel like that's a really important, um, that kind of history, that family history person. Yeah, it sort of infuses it into your everydayness. Absolutely. And my mom was also that person who uh, was always taking photos, the family photos and all of that. So she was definitely the driving force. Yeah. Yeah, like a lineage keeper. Yeah, that's what I call it. I like that. Yeah. So your early training was um, through your mom. She just kind of brought you up with these practices.
1: Um, well, it's it's kind of interesting. So my parents um, were of a time where you would have um, they let, they chose to not raise us in a church, which it was very unusual. when I look back on it, like in the to grow up in the they were married in the fifties to purposely not participate in a, in a religion actively. Now, of course, my mom was a good Christian woman, and um, but we never attended church. We weren't raised in any Christian dogma, um, but I was encouraged to be very spiritually open-minded. Um, so I was, um, her mother read tea leaves. Her mother was from Ireland, and so her mom read tea leaves. And, um, well, her mom passed away before I was born, so I never actually witnessed that. My mom grew up with her mother reading tea leaves for the neighborhood ladies on a regular basis. So again, that, um, that was this, kind of Irish sense of being Christian just kind of infused a lot of intuition and magic into it organically, but they didn't use those words. So um, I was raised to be um, very spiritually independent and to ask questions and to seek answers. And um, I used to say like, when I asked my mom about God and things, because all my peers went to church. They either went to church or to synagogue and we were like the literally the only family that didn't do that. I grew up outside of Boston and everybody was like Irish Catholic or Jewish. And uh, so we really were like, I was like the only kid who didn't (laughs) go to something. So I was like, why don't we do that? So she used to just say to me, if you want to talk, she called God the good Lord. She never referred to him as God. Um, and she said, would say, if you want to commune with the good Lord, go stand out under that tree and, and just talk to the good Lord there. So in this weird way, she was giving me this incredible gift. Um, and so I, I connected nature with spirituality at a very early age. I love that. <laughs> it's so healthy. Yeah, it was, I just lucked out. I had no idea. I, like, at, through this shop, I encounter a lot of people who are recovering from religious trauma and upbringing things that pretty heavy programming that wasn't so maybe
0: kind or lovely, you know, so that was really an incredibly, incredible hidden blessing. Mm. Uh, So if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Energy Matters on Valley Free Radio, and we're chatting with Winifred um, Costello, who is the owner of the Awen Tree in East Hampton. Um, and so a lot of the um the kind of magical and spiritual traditions really sounded like it, it was the path was kind of already laid out a little bit with uh with your mom's kind of just like separation from her religion so she just allowed you to blossom and bloom in a natural setting
1: yeah that's totally that's yep that is accurate (laughs) Um, and i was curious i mean i used to have really intense dreams as a child um i used to have incredible nightmares and terrors and so i used to um i think i just kind of was just organically drawn to these things. I used to always be asking questions. I used to be obsessed with watching In Search Of, with Leonard Nimoy. And then I would ask my dad to take me to the library and I would wanna read about like the Nazca lines. And I was kind of odd. And sometime in my elementary years, I became aware of that you could be a witch. I have no idea how that got into my brain, but it got into my brain. And so I used to like, um, I created this game with my little neighborhood friends who were very devout Catholics and um, it was we called it witch and so I would be like, let's pretend we're witches and it was like for fi- the summer of fifth and sixth grade we were obsessed with being witches and um, we just like kind of, I don't know where we got the ideas for it. Like we just sort of, because we didn't watch a lot of TV, I mean you watch TV but it was on the 70s, like the kind of TV that was on in the 70s so yeah. I'm not really sure where, the, I, how the notion got in my head um, but I used to like look Walk through the field behind the house looking for Wolfsbane. I didn't even know what Wolfsbane was. I would go to the library and I would ask the, the librarian, I'm like, I need the book with Wolfsbane in it. And she would just <laughs> look at me like, like, where little girl, are you from? I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> and then I remember her bringing me down the stacks to like a p- bunch of like botany books and me getting a, just being completely over. I didn't understand. And I, underst- I was looking for
0: something, but I didn't know where to look for it. Um, And so, um, so obviously you had a very curious mind when you were growing up and you were learning how to connect directly with nature and the natural settings. Um, when did your more, uh, formal training in Kind of um, the magical spirituality, as well as um, uh, kind of like the witch practice and more pagan arts. When did that start folding itself in that kind of training? So um,
1: my pagan um, stuff started happening in high school. So when you back then, you know, if you're under eighteen, well, one, there were very limited stores. There wasn't the internet. If you're under eighteen, nobody would train you. Um, But my parents were really good. Like I said, my mom was super open minded, and my parent. I was an avid reader, so whatever books I gave them for lists, if they could um like i if i saw a book they'd hunt it down and get it for me granted there weren't that many um so i started with book books knowledge and when i went to college i went to art school in minnesota briefly um that's where i met my first other like other human that actually identified as pagan that was we're still really good friends that was like really radical to me like to meet another person in the flesh um and then through, I also had like a really, like in high school, I studied Taekwondo for a year and uh, the, our teacher was incredibly spiritual. So we, I was introduced to things like yoga and meditation at a, like in high school um, and shiatsu and that there were alternative healing modalities. And when I was 18, I discovered Reiki, although I didn't get trained in Reiki until um, till 95. Um, but I just was always hungry. So I first started with books and then, it was very hard to find teachers, honestly. Before the internet, it was really
0: hard to find. I believe that quality it. teachers. Sometimes um, I go onto Google and I'm like, "How did anyone exist before?" It, it was you did Amazon a lot of you did and, a
1: lot of book learning, and then like um, I would get together with friends and we would try to dissect something. Like, okay, here's something we're reading. How could we maybe make the? Because there weren't even recipes on. There weren't recipes. There weren't pre written rituals. Um, so you would have to kind of. They might tell you how to cast a circle, but you'd have to kind of actually figure that out by by doing it. So through my 20s, I had a couple girlfriends, like close friends, and we would, you know, let's do a full moon ritual. And we would just kind of hack our way through it and then review. And then each was
0: kind of contributing. So that's what I did in the early days. Did you track anything when you were, um, you know, I know that um, I've had people on my show who have written grimoires, which is sort of the, they're almost like magical handbook or their own kind of recipe book for how they um, create these practices and these rituals. Um, When you were younger, were you tracking any of that stuff and journaling how you um, were creating uh, your sacred spaces and and things like that? So I've been journaling since I was like in fifth or sixth grade. I'm like
1: really into journaling. Um, I went to art school, so I really like to draw too. So I would love to say I have this beautiful curated, amazing book of shadows. Um, my journaling is really like a hot mess because it's <laughs> yeah. more like doodling and drawing and and sharing about my day. So I didn't, I didn't really have it. I don't have it curated out where like here's this great recipe and then here is this. It's all like mixed together. I like that, and I have a giant boxes of journals. So I like to think one day I'm going to go through and curate all that stuff. My one regret is that I pick up and drop down my dream journaling, and I wish I had always consistently kept separate dream journals, because when I go back and look at them, kind of it's kind of fascinating to see some of the things that were, like the breadcrumbs that were in the dream journals. Mm. Um, so I keep a dream journal, but I've not been good at, like sometimes I get really into it, and then I'll drop it, and that's the one thing I wish I had never dropped.
0: Yeah. yeah. My first Reiki teacher told me that um, to keep a dream journal but just do it for like 30 days at a time
1: right and I mean, that yeah.
0: helped me be consistent weirdly uh not necessarily in my daily dream journal but in the way that um I could focus I could stay focused for a period of time and then I could let it go
1: right that's a good way of looking I sometimes you also do you find that like, you have heightened times where your dreams are really prophetic or really connected or very symbolic and then I'll get back into my dream dream journaling practice because I'll know a lot of really important stuff's coming through and then I'll drop back off but um i do some kind of journaling regularly every week
0: that's really cool yeah yeah it sounds like you have some really good practices
1: yeah i also write in my books like so in the early days i was more inclined to write inside a magical book i had like after i did something i was more inclined to write in the footnotes um i have a friend that says she loves to read those books or those are some of her favorite books of mine to read because she likes to read my add-ins of like okay do this tweak that add this do this that's um, cool
0: so uh, that's more where i kept a record nice just straight straight on the record yes yeah (laughs) that's lovely so I know that you um that you're you have a lot of cool stuff happening at your shop um can you tell us a little bit about um maybe like what the shop looks like what people kind of expect when they first walk in the door um yeah tell us tell us a little bit about I'm sure you spend a lot of time there so I sure do (laughs) (laughs)
1: um so uh it's definitely a witch shop. So um, it's, you know, it's a pagan store, it's a new age metaphysical store, but it's definitely its vibe is a witch store. And um, so it has um, inspiring things to inspire your spiritual journey and support you in however that might be. So we offer education, we offer healing arts, um, tarot readings and and things like spiritual supplies. And one of the things that um, I really think is very important is that it feels good. So um, I had a really wonderful mentor when I was building my space. And so she really helped me um, create, kind of turn the store into like um, a grid so it could actually energetically be healing. A little backstory to Owen Trees: I actually co-founded it with um, my best friend. So she and I... um, Melissa and I cr- co- co-created and co-founded Awan and uh, in 2009 she I bought her out because she went to get married and moved to another state. She has since come back. Nice. So she's our massage therapist at the store. Um, although I own the store, I've owned the store solo since 2009. And um, but something we did was that we. Uh, drew reiki symbols in the wall we put crystals in the wall There are inside the wall yeah inside no the kidding. wall so i went to was a raw space okay in, so in 2006 we completely in a crazy summer of three months of insanity like tra- transformed it um with a lot of sweat equity from a raw space into the store that you see like we designed it built it um partially so sweat equity and partially hiring people to do that um and so when we were um, when the sheet rocker was putting up the sheet rock, the final sheet rock, we went with bags of crystals and we dumped them into the walls. Mm-hmm. Like, nice. like, yeah, like amethyst and jet and, quart, um, and quartz to help hold the vibration of the space. So when we're charging the space with Reiki and energy work, the crystals can, um, it's sort of like a battery, so it can kind of help hold the vibration. And we drew Reiki symbols on the walls before we painted over the walls. And, um, and there's you know shrines and altars in the space. So I see Awentree as
0: part temple part community hub and part store. I love that. Yeah. So you guys have, because um, I know you teach, you teach Reiki. Mm-hmm. You see private clients there. Yes. You just mentioned that Melissa is your massage therapist. Yes. Um, what other kind of um, hands-on healing arts do you have in that space? Or is that the bulk of it? Or? Um, we have another, uh, Don Rising is another Reiki healing, uh, Reiki practitioner
1: that works there as like is an independent contractor. And then uh, Melissa does the massage therapy and we have a sound healer that comes out seasonally from the Boston area and sees clients there as well for
0: the healing arts. And we do tarot reading and um, Reiki training, like you said, workshops. Yeah. I think I've only seen the front room where the kind of register and the main kind of perch is. And then, because um, you guys have a great selection of tarot cards. Because I'm a tarot nerd, <laughs> I'm a total tarot nerd. <laughs> what What do you mean
1: by a tarot nerd? What is uh, that? Like, what I does just, that look well, like I for you? Geek out on tarot all day long. Um, today, I was just, I have a friend, and we were talking about enneagrams. So have you heard about enneagram? The number thing? I have a little bit. It's like what one through nine. Yeah. So I'm not a different personalities. I only know enough to be dangerous. About one through twelve. I don't yeah, know. I, I think it's I one through nine. Much. Yeah. And um and then there's like the Bre- Myers-Briggs personality test and so um, we were geeking out today about it was like about the intersection of the enneagram numbers and Myers-Briggs and major arcana tarot cards for like soul cards like like just um I like to just talk about anything about tarot showing up in your life I like lots of different decks for lots of different reasons um I just like picking apart someone introduced the idea to me of like a different another way to look at the court cards. Um, So when anyone kind of, I kind of, my passion around tarot is like a library I'm always adding to. So that's what I mean by being a tarot nerd. Mm. Um, And then to answer your first question. So the back of the store, there's two um, treatment rooms in the back. One side's our healing room and the other side we call a reading room. But It could, you could do Reiki in that
0: room as well, but it's primarily our reader room. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. That's really cool. And so, and back in that space as well, you teach sm- like smaller classes. Yeah. So uh, I can I teach
1: the Reiki classes in the healing room because it can fit about nine of us. Um, it's a tight squeeze, but we fit. Um, and if our class is larger, like when we have like an author come by or we have like an Open Moon monthly, um, those are on the store floor, and we just move um, some of the furniture out of the way and just have the classes on the the larger classes on the store floor. Just make it work. Yep, we do make it. Uh, like I had no idea when we opened how big the classes would become. I, like, we really underestimated that. Um, but so we just roll the furniture out of the way. Yeah, it's kind of like an old timey church or something. You know, <laughs> yeah. like you know, roll the pews out of the way and dance in the center of the floor. Yeah. You
0: know? <laughs> um, what? So there must people must have been really really thirsty for wanting to know more about like, you know. Like with practicing paganism and witch- witchcraft and um, and all the whole range of of earth based spiritualities. Yeah, like when we
1: opened our, my vision originally was like half metaphysical, half pagan. Um, and stores like stores like these have their own diva. They have their own oversoul. Um, it's it's sort of like this really underlying magical component to owning a magical space is as much as you think you have a vision of something, like I'm gonna go and do this thing, I have a vision. As soon as like, like you, the vision, the place was established. I realized, oh no, the store has its own soul. Not that I didn't know that, but it became very known when the, as soon as we hung out, our like actually opened, the store had its own soul that very much like in like was. Um, a, there's a lot more talk about it now. It really wasn't talked about then that it's like a diva of your store or the diva spirit or the overarching spirit, and it has it has a mission too, and will and you and like soon into it, we received contact from that energy and like. Sounds like, that sounds like strange, but it really, it's like a- like Not a, in this, my world. You're okay. right on, yeah. <laughs> They're like, you've got contact from this store spirit. But the store really has its own spirit and it had its own mission. Um And so I always tell people, I thought I was opening the magic store, but really the magic store was opening me. Mm. And, you know, That's really the way it was. And as soon as, like, Melissa and I, in the early days, used to laugh. We were like, we were like spiritual, not puppets, that's a terrible word, but you know that there was these other forces like wanting certain- just sort of serve a certain purpose. Not that I w- wasn't pagan, but I thought that the pagan would be kind of more to the back because I thought maybe people would be uncomfortable or I wasn't sure how, to, if we were really hung it out really loud and proud, how it would go. I didn't want to have a bunch of protesters, um, you know, that kind of thing. And people just came in and were just so, yeah, we were so hungry and so excited um, that, you know, we just leaned into it further. We were like, oh, we don't need to keep that stuff to the back. We can just put it right in the front. yeah. And you created
0: a safe space for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you tell, so if someone's a business owner and they are curious about wanting to connect um, with the soul of their business, or if they're in the process of growing a business right now, um, can you talk about what, um, like a, an example of an exercise that people could use or do to connect with that spirit and maybe get a little information?
1: Yeah, that's great. Yeah, you could, I would definitely, so um, for, for me personally, it's spending time in your the space, in the concrete yeah what if it's a digital
0: business if it's a
1: digital business let's do concrete and then we'll do digital okay all right so if it's concrete spending time in the actual space i think is really important and you could i prefer to sit in this whatever you deem the center um you or the hot spot if you spend enough time walking your space and you will have to kind of have some intuitive skills here or be able to understand how to listen like with other things and just your ears um to kind of vibe what's the where's the pulse of my business feel strongest in my space? So this is a physical. Um, it will we'll translate it into digital. Um, so that you can sit in that space in some quiet time, like when when not open for business, maybe light a candle. Um, if if you're good at meditating, go into a meditation. Um, if you need some guided music to do that, we need to kind of have a guided, think of it as like connecting with a spirit ally. It's the heart of this business, the, the spirit energy, the oversoul of the business. Um, and maybe keeping a little paper in a journal for if you get any downloads, like you can quick, quick notes, mm-hmm. or after you come out of the meditation, write some notes down. Um, and you might have to do it more than once. Um, you know, my I found that it just showed up and started talking to us when we were there alone. Like, like,
0: it was like, hi, I know you're listening. You so. could just, Yeah,
1: you could just feel it. Like it just was yeah. like, you know, or someone walk, or always pay attention to someone coming in if you own a physical space coming in and they sort of deliver a message from spirit. Like they just walk in and they say something and you're like, okay, who sent you here? Like you know, <laughs> like they're just being a person just talking but you know that that was a specific message for you. That's also a good way to know um, sometimes if you're having a hard time hearing the store speak to you or your business speak to you, um, it might come through the voice of something, someone, another human. And then if you had digital i i think there's no reason why you couldn't still do the same practices i just would um encourage you to like what's going to represent even in the digital your your business is still manifesting in the physical earth plane so what represents your digital business do you have like your a business card um do you have like like a piece of paper with your name written on it, something you can hold in your hand or a crystal, something to help you anchor it, because even though it's if it's online and in the digital ethers, it's still being physically expressed in some way. So how can you connect? Um, so when you're doing that meditation, you can dial in to connect with your the oversoul or the diva of your your
0: your entrepreneurial vision. Do you like to ask specific questions or do you like to just be receptive to what messages they, the, the kind of oversoul of the business has?
1: I, I do both. Um. I it it usually dislikes to talk to me but um I know now I sound really crazy no. I promise you I'm not no no, no.
0: and you know <laughs> but, if if people are listening and you know this is the thing with intuitive work right is that we're like is this a voice in my head is this <laughs> is this okay to talk about uh, publicly and it's like yeah it has to be because you know, part of trusting these traditions that we have been disconnected with for so long, we have to trust that there's, we get information with our body, with our ears, with those little things that pull us in a certain direction. Mm -hmm. So, um, so, you know, if, if people out there are, you know, having those moments where like, Oh, wow, like, I wish I was brave enough to say those things. You know, sometimes you just have to say it and acknowledge it and, and live it because, this is, I mean, we have to redefine what intuition is yeah. for, for us. Preach it. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Yes. I, that's, yeah. Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm huzzaing over here in the corner. Yeah. So, so I, no one's crazy just because you hear information or you get information. Or downloads. Or, or downloads yeah. or all kinds of, there's all kinds of cool stuff out there when we acquire that, quiet mm. that chatter yeah. in our brain. It's so. how our soul is speaking to us. Yeah. Yep. yep. Makes so, the world a lot more fun, I'll tell you. It sure
1: does. And not lo- not so lonely.
0: Yeah, we're the
1: myth of isolation, we're not alone.
0: Mm, what's the myth of isolation? that
1: we' that we're alone oh. <laughs> <laughs> that, a it's a myth. That, that we're isolated that there is nothing else um that we we are not we're never truly ever alone. there's all and there's we're part of that's awen we're we're connected. We're part of something greater than we than we realize whether we understand or know it. it's there. Mm. We're, and like like we're just a wave in a greater ocean. so we're never really alone. yeah, that's the myth of I opposite of them yeah that's a busting the myth of isolation like so that. when i have i do have times where i specifically query the store and that would be if i was going in a new direction if um if there was we were hitting a bump in the road if i um felt like i wanted to hear this store's input because sometimes i feel like the store sometimes in business you probably have encountered this um you could feel like a like um a disconnect between like the flow and the energy or something like something could be moving fast. Like either you could be moving fast and the business could be moving slow. The business can be moving faster than you feel you could be moving. Those are times I query the, 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 the higher spirit of the higher self of the store. Uh, like, you know, help me understand like we're in two different places. Are, are we really in two different places? What do I need to know? Or if I was like going in a new direction or a new project, I will ask. um And then I'll, I'll, do quiet time in the store. Sometimes I go out of the store and take a walk um, and then come back, like, come back, like, because nature is just such a primary function for me to listen in. So sometimes I might go out and then come back in.
0: Lovely. Yeah, that sounds great. Um, I know that you are about to launch an online component to your shop, which I think is a really cool um, thing that I've seen happening more and more with people who have their um, their in person um, kind of work that they do in the healing arts, and then the um, the digital component. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I love that you're heading in this direction. Um, so, can you tell us a little bit about um, the online component um, that you're developing through the Owl and Tree?
1: Yeah. So, um, I. I founded and facilitate and mentor a group of folks um, through something I call the Witching Well, which is an online magical community for earth-centered spiritual seekers. Cool. Yeah, so they get where they can come and get hands-on knowledge. It is online, um, but we focus on education, teaching hands-on knowledge, and empowerment for awesome. people to find their whatever what what is their authentic spiritual agency around these
0: earth-centered traditions. So, are these um, are these cl- like long classes that um, that you're kind of formulating, or what is what is the um, the witching well all about? Um, so, it is um, actually every month a new class is released.
1: So, each month we have a topic that we focus on, and there is workshop. There's mentoring calls. Um, there's written component like a like a workbook that goes with it. And so we like I dig into something that is I like, consider everything we're doing like a spiritual tool to add to your your greater spiritual virtual toolbox or your library of knowing, and my big thing is about empowering people to find their way. Um, a lot of people that practice, you know, witches and pagans and Wiccans, they're solitary or eclectic or moving more and more towards a fusion. So I think I think it's better or more helpful way to sh- help them is to empower them to build their library so they can dip in and out of it and reach to the different things. Like is it an altar? Is it a book of shadows? Is it that dream dream work that they can then reach back to over and over again as they grow in their own confidence and their own ability? So um, we have, a monthly focus um but um we are when we go into 2020 we're going to be doing a more of a model of a year and a day which is traditional training with like um in the pagan traditions they would study for a year and a day and so the witching well going forward is going to have like a year and a day
0: um structure to it nice Mm -hmm. and so what was the incentive to build the online community um mostly um being able
1: to be available for people to study, I get approached a lot for people to study with me. And when it comes to witchcraft traditions, you really need a mentor. It's time. It's ti- it's like time spent together. Right. It's time. It's a practice. It's a craft. It's an art. It's something that you 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 build on over time and you want to work through like... Cycles of the Moon or the Wheel wheel of the Year. And, and so um, I wanted to be able to read, like there was so many people coming and it, it becomes cost prohibitive really quickly if you're trying to work with a mentor in a one-to-one capacity. So, and also location independence. So many folks, like we have, this store has been around for like 13 years. People are getting older. So a lot of older folks don't, aren't able or feel comfortable driving at night um you know either from the hill towns or they aren't in the area even and so it was a way to um offer those teachings to people that were seeking them that just made
0: more sense so it was a, a big part of it do you are the classes that you're launching online also taught in person and then launched um on the internet or are they just digital no
1: this is just digital in the past um we did a lot we were we still offer classes at the store, but we've been offering less and less and more moving more into the online space for it. That's great. Mm-hmm. It also solves, uh, you probably know, East Hampton's really booming right now. And so, you know, when I first opened the store, parking was not an issue. Um, and it's still, you can't, don't be scared, you can still come and park in East Hampton. Yeah. <laughs> but um, there's plenty of parking during the day, but with all the restaurants and the cocktail bars and things like that, the evening parking's gotten a little trickier. And so this was also something that we could still offer people really, really look come to Auentree for the education and they want they want authentic teachings from people that they know and know and can connect with and this was a way that we could still offer those teachings without um, people feeling like
0: worried about if they could find parking or not what um what kind of online classes are you um are scheduled uh to be on the witching well um so um we just uh, so the last few months we've wrapped up a class on
1: we focused on spiritual agency um we we focused on something i call spirit doctoring which is um integrating the many different kinds of modalities around your own healing like how to really and how to apply magic to your life, like how do you apply magical traditions to actually help you heal your life. Um, so that's been some of the recent focuses. And as we head into March, we're in March, um, spell crafting, like the basics of like, what, why, what is a spell and what is it not and why would one want to do it? So that's gonna be March's focus.
0: Cool. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned um, spiritual agency uh, a couple of times during the hour of the show. And um, if you're just tuning in, we're chatting with Winifred Costello, who's the owner of the Alwyn Tree in East Hampton. Um, but yeah, what? how do you understand spiritual agency? What does that mean to you? Um, that's a great question.
1: And I, I uh, think of a lot about spiritual independence. Like I said, my own mom raised me to be very spiritual independent. And I really think something – I think we – I think a lot in our Western world and the current times and the media. There's a lot of like you hear words about fear mongering and and really kind of people being stuck in victimhood. And I really am really about it. like let's move you out of victimhood. Let's move you into a place of empowerment. Let's help you find your what's authentic to you, what really resonates with you. Not you know like like how what how can we help you understand that? Find people do know what resonates with them. They do have their own voice. So how can we help you like? Um, Feel confident about embracing that, stepping into it, and what tools and resources will help you like transform your life in whatever direction you want to. So, to me, spiritual agency is about like claiming yourself, claiming your personal power, claiming your truth. Your all, like, and you know, being able, feeling confident and capable of stepping out and like owning the energy of that.
0: Yeah, mm. that's great. Sounds like you're doing some really neat work over there. Yeah. It's what I'm passionate about. Yeah. It's like it drives me every day to do this. I know. Well, you know, when you run a shop, you have to have that passion. You sure do. <laughs> <laughs> and some business skills
1: in <laughs> that too. I, the yeah. Business skills I spent a lot of the last five years really developing even further. Yeah. I've had some great me- I have some amazing mentors. I feel very blessed.
0: Oh yeah. that's so yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, obviously, you know, people want to see you succeeding, and so do your ancestors. Yes. And <laughs> <laughs> and the shop itself has a vested interest in in growing. It, yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> that's wonderful. Um, so uh, tell us um, a little bit about what you have. I know that you have some online stuff um, that's in the process of developing and growing. Um, what do you have uh, in the store that people might want to come and uh, check out as far as classes or just some cool stuff that you have um, on the shelves um, if they or if they want to meet you in person? Yeah, so um, at the, the front of the store,
1: it has uh, spiritual supplies. You have tarot decks oracle decks we have books and um, we we have like a carefully curated selection of occult and witchy and pagan books because um, sometimes when you go to like the bigger box stores i don't have a strong section on that we have um candles we have beautiful candles we have beautiful jewelry um incense all, all kinds of things i just said crystals right things to empower support your journey um yeah so and if they want to come and get a chance to meet me um uh thursdays and fridays are better days i am there like on other days but i see clients on wednesdays it can be a little trickier but like you know the weekend or on like um you know thursdays can be a good day
0: if they want to get a chance to say hi to me all right um and so how can people if people are uh, curious about finding out a little bit more information um can you tell people where in east hampton your shop is located and also where on the interwebs you are sure yeah so um we're um on cottage street in the cultural cultural
1: cottage street cultural district I'll say that 10 times fast um <laughs> we are way up on the north end of cottage street so like up we're right near luthier's a menu venue it's a big pretty well-known uh, wine and like a uh, music venue um and look for the big blue sign with yellow writing that says awen tree and um just you know mix this up with other shops on the street um and uh, so that's 102 Cottage Street. My um, one mentor had said 102 oh th- uh, e- equals three, the sign of the goddess. So I love uh, that. 102 Cottage Street, and on the internet, you can. Um, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook under
0: Awen Tree, so it's easy to find me. Cool. Yeah. Um, and do you have any um, any words of wisdom that you would like to throw out into the universe that you feel like people should really know? Um, I Well, I think that there's always a reason why
1: these traditions speak to you. And so um, the, there's no accident when things start to ha- awaken or happen within you, whether it's like those intuitive moments where you're like, you know, everyone knows I'm like divine synchronicity start happening or you have to start having vivid dreams or these very significant moments start happening. And that is like your own soul calling to you, speaking to you or, or if you're feeling witchy, like it might be your witch blood awakening, but there's no accident for that. And that it's, it's okay. I really think like we live in a permission-based society and people have a lot of um, struggle to feel like, oh, I'm not psychic enough. I'm not witchy enough. I'm not this enough. And like, I'm really like, it's okay to pursue the things that call to you deeply. And um, you're not alone. There, There is community out there. In, um, and to like really sink in and listen to how your soul is speaking to you. I think that, you know, so you can find your own claim, find and claim your personal power and your spiritual agency mm. and create the change you want to create in the world.
0: Yeah, that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. You know, just trusting ourselves and trusting our curiosity and, mm-hmm. you know, ignoring the haters. Yeah, right? Allergic and, to the haters. Yeah. Just, you <laughs> know,
1: like someone once said to me, like, congratulations, you have your first hater. You're doing something right. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, Because you know what? Another thing someone once says, like, people are going to judge you no matter what. They're going to judge you no matter what. So just go about, be a good person, do good things, and think about, you know, how you can show up and make a difference in the world. Because like all of us showing up
0: and making a difference in the world is actually how we change things yeah absolutely absolutely and and do you feel like um, I, like do you feel like the shop is how you make a difference and how your teachings make a difference for for other people yes that's I, I hope that that's what it's doing I hope it's creating that positive ripple effect I always seem like you know
1: my thing is like before I do something I'm like does this help does it make the world better is it is it kind is it positive is it uplifting I'm also very candid I don't I don't think we really help each other unless unless we are candid, but it's about witnessing, showing up, caring, and really living from a loved based place as much as possible. So I like to hope that that
0: is what Allen Tree is offering the world. Mm, that's beautiful. Oh, that's really beautiful. Well, thank you. <laughs> So if you're just tuning in, um, we've been chatting with Winifred uh, Costello, who is the owner of the Tree in East Hampton. Um, and so if people are curious and want to do a little bit more research, um, you can always go onto the website, the Tree website, which is A-W-E-N-Tree, T-R-E-E, com. Um, or you can visit the shop um, as well if that uh, if that calls to you. Um, and um, yes, and also if anyone is listening and they are wanting to catch the rest of this, the earlier part of this episode, um, or any of my other past shows of Energy Matters, um, you can always go onto my website, which is www. Uh, backslash radio um, and that has the archived list of all the um, all the episodes. And this one will probably be up in about a week and a half. Um, so, um, so thank you so much, Winifred, for being on the show today. Well, thank you for having me. I've had so much fun. Oh, yes. You're welcome back anytime you want to come. So oh, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, and so we are going to close out, uh, be well everyone and have a great weekend.